0: talk I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune Folks have been swinging golf clubs in Salt Lake City since 1904 when Forest Dale became part of the city's landscape Now there are 8 golf courses in the city limits but aging facilities lagging public interest high costs and a tight market are having city leaders contemplate about the future. And today on the program, we're going to talk about that future, the future of golf in Salt Lake City, and a new set of recommendations that city officials are considering. Joining me on the Google Hangout today is Salt Lake City Councilman James Rogers. He represents District 1, which has three of the city's eight golf courses within its boundaries. And Councilman Rogers, thanks so much for your time today. He's here in the newsroom with me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate you having me.
0: Also with us, Kyle LaMalfa. He represents District 2 on the Salt Lake City Council and he's joining us from his office at City Hall and Councilman LaMalfa, welcome to you.
2: Thanks a lot, Jennifer. I also have one of the City Golf courses in my district.
0: Duly noted. And uh, Rick Graham is also here with us in the newsroom. He's the Public Services Director for Salt Lake City. Been there for a long time and uh, can bring some context to this issue. Rick, great to have you.
3: Thank you, Jennifer. Nice to be here.
0: Salt Lake City is asking for public input on a golf study that recently was completed by an out-of-state consultant. You can put comments on the Open City Hall webpage at slcgov.com or you can send your thoughts here. Share them with us on Twitter. Uh, uh, on Google Plus at the hashtag TribTalk. You can also put them on our website right here at sltrib.com or you can send us a text and that number is 801-609-8059. Duffers and pros and everyone in between, what improvements would you like to see at City Golf Courses? Um, Let's start with the the genesis of this report that the City Council received last week. Last year I guess Salt Lake City hired a consultant to, to really take a to dive in, take a deep look at the city's golf courses. Why, Rick Graham? It
3: it was a build-up and follow-up to uh, discussions that the golf uh, operation and the administration has had with the council relative to uh, financial and operational challenges that uh, we have been experiencing over the last few years uh, in the golf fund. And the administration and golf fund had made some recommendations and some suggestions uh, the council felt that it would be a very good uh, positive move to have an outside resource uh, do the same thing and so that process as you have suggested uh, has been taken uh, has just been completed and now we're ready to further our conversations together
0: And the the consultants addressed the city council last week, gave them the report. They gave it to you previously. And basically it has a whole menu of options, what the city can do to to make more money, what improvements would make them, you know, give the biggest bang for the buck. Um, We're going to go through some of those specifics as we go. But just generally your impressions, Uh, did it raise the red flags that you have had? Did it um, present new options, any surprises? Uh, Rick, I'll start with you.
3: Uh, I thought the uh, golf report by uh, NGF was uh, really a very good report. I don't think it raised any new flags for us. I believe uh, uh, we have been uh, seeing the challenges uh, that we have been facing the last few years. And and many of the recommendations and suggestions that came out of the report were items that that we had talked about and have been considering. It was really good to have a validation. Uh, clearly, they did come up with some uh, new ideas and suggestions, uh, but for the very most part, it really is very welcome, and I think is going to complement what we have to do to make our decisions.
0: Uh, Councilman <coughs> Lamafa, again, uh, you are representing yourself, not the city council as a whole. You are soliciting public comment, but I'm just curious. I mean, at first blush, what do you think of this report?
2: I I think it, it's very much in line with what the council wanted out of the report. They brought us a proposal. About a year ago, and we said, "Hey, no holds barred. Everything is open for consideration." And uh, and they really covered pretty much every kind of every They looked in every nook and cranny that they could for the golf program to find potential sources of problems and also potential solutions. I think we're we feel pretty good about the NGF uh, report and it's, it's huge. I mean if anybody wants to read it, it's 250 pages and you can download it from the, the council website or from our Open City Hall forum for taking public input.
0: The report does state that part of the problem is that the city does not have a, a vision for what the golf program should look like in the city. What Councilman LaMalfa, first with you, what do you think that vision should be? Well, I think
2: for 40 or 50 years, the golf has been able to handle its own. It has been grow- It was a growing sport during that time. It was uh, able to its- meet its revenue and expense obligations and stand on its own. In the last 10 years, we've experienced a, a shrinking of the marketplace for golf. The number of go- golf rounds being played and the number of golfers is shrinking, and as a result, we've Really got to be careful about how things are, how we how we manage what the future is for golf. Uh, I think one of the things that comes out in the report is to say, gosh, all these golf courses are, are treated as as the, as an equal to to attach. What how can I say this? All of the golf golf courses. Seek the same kind of golfer as it is right now and what the golf report is trying to say is gosh, you know what? Let's give each of these courses their own personality and have them attract their own different kind of golfer whether that's the uh, Very affordable course or the premium course or the beginner course or the seasoned course, the course for the buddies or the course for the corporate. Um, It's trying to tease out of the Salt Lake City golf system a a nuanced approach to the courses, to each one take its own, to try to go after its own segment of the golf
0: market. Councilman Rogers, you're the the new kid on the block. You've only been in since January. Congratulations, by the way. I'm just curious about your vision for uh, the golf program in Salt Lake City. Should the city be in the golf business at all?
1: You know, that's a really good question to that you ask, is to know if, if the city really should be in the golf business. Uh, uh, NGF did a fantastic job on this report. I think it's a great starting point for us, but there's a long way that we need to go to make sure that the Enterprise Golf Fund is self-sustaining, and it has been for the past uh, umpteen years under under Rick's uh, council. And uh, it's a great question to think about. In my district, we have three golf courses. We've got Wing Point, the Jordan River Par 3, and the Rose Park Golf Course. And Jordan River Par 3 and Rose Park are very similar in what they do, except for Jordan, th- Jordan River Par 3 is a smaller course. So, uh, you know, in the report, first and foremost, the city pays culinary water uh, to water the eight courses that we currently have, which total about $1.3 million. And I think that if we were looking at it at a strategic standpoint to save money, uh, back in the day, we should have been looking long and hard at, at going on secondary water to water the golf courses.
0: But we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but I want to remind folks that we're talking golf golf in Salt Lake City specifically with Rick Graham. He's the Public Services Director for Salt Lake City. Also, uh, Councilman Kyle Lam- Lamalfa, who represents District 2, and James Rogers, who represents District 1. And you're invited to join our conversation. Uh, what do you think about the, the future of golf in Salt Lake City? A consultant has just issued a, a massive report on the topic, and uh, the Council is soliciting feedback from you, the public. So chime in now. Uh, send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comment section right here at sltrib.com, or you can send us a text, and that number is 801 609 8059. Uh, the consultant, of course, listed water as uh, the number one thing that the city can do to, to increase efficiency. Um, you know, if you if you upgrade the irrigation center and then if you shift from tap water to uh, gray, gray water or uh, recycled water for water and golf courses, that's going to save you a lot of money. Why is this something that the city has not done in, in the past, Rick Graham?
3: It is a, a, uh, a project that requires an investment of capital. Uh, one of the big challenges we have, uh, really two challenges, operational uh, challenges to just to uh, keep the course open, and then we have capital challenges uh, to uh, switch uh, golf course irrigation operations over to uh, secondary water. Uh, requires capital and that's one of the big challenges that we have is where do we find that capital uh, we have been able to operate as an enterprise fund and sustain our daily uh, operations through uh, the user fees and the green fees and other fees that come from golf course operation but we can, haven't been can able you
0: just can I interrupt and just explain have? what the inter- enterprise fund concept is um, so it's not your property tax dollars
3: Thank you. Yes, that's correct. An enterprise fund is a separate fund that that the city sets up, uh, which uh, uh, allows uh, an enterprise, in this case the golf fund, to operate specifically just off the revenues that the golf course generates. There are no tax funds, no general funds, that are provided uh, from the city from the tax base that goes into the golf course fund. So a- every dollar that uh, the golf course uses is a dollar that is generated at the golf course and as the golf uh, NGF report uh, noted that 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 puts Salt Lake City at a bit of an operational disadvantage with other uh, golf courses in our marketplace uh, that do have some subsidy and other dollars that come in that uh, help support its operation
0: okay so if if uh, if West Valley City's golf courses are not self-sustaining the City Council can funnel some general Tax money into that and and boost it. Salt Lake City doesn't have that option. Is what you're uh, saying?
3: Salt Lake City has not taken that option and and has has stayed very true to its desire to keep this as, uh, an enterprise fund. So, to date, uh, general fund dollars have not been put into the golf fund.
0: Okay. Now let's get to some of our um, our viewers. Um, Muskrat McDougal, you got to love these pseudonyms. Um, at, less, at least keep the big four open and reasonably priced. Mountain Forest uh, Forestdale, Bonneville, and Wing Point. So this person really likes those four core courses. In the report, and I know it's caused a bit of a ripple among uh, the, the golf fans out there, the report recommends at least looking at, thinking about, reassessing how some of these courses are used and some of the ones that are not used very frequently maybe the city should get rid of. I'm very curious to hear what our council members think about uh, perhaps closing or parceling off parts of um, the uh, uh, Rose Park golf course and the Jordan Park. And uh, Councilman Rogers, you first. Uh,
1: First off, the Jordan River Par 3 is owned by, I think the state, if I'm not correct, Rick, uh, and the city, well, the Golf Enterprise Fund owns the Rose Park Golf Course. Uh, we don't, we can't, it's a, it's a really long story, and Rick, Rick can, can make it sm- a little bit shorter, but Wing Point is an interesting case scenario because come 2018, at the end of that year, we will have to pay a uh, lease towards the federal government in excess of $600,000. So, to me, if I'm looking at it from a standpoint from District 1, Wing Point, Shouldn't be open because come 2018, we're going to have to be spending a lease of of $600,000 to keep it open. Uh, the Rose Park Golf Course last year had a a real setback uh, in regards to the there were some some irrigation issues that they had to do. So I think the numbers weren't weren't very correct on how many people were golfing Rose Park at that time because of of the entire season was based off of the uh, construction that was going on for irrigation. And the Jordan River Par 3 is owned by the state, so we can't sell the Jordan River Par 3. We can't sell Wing Point. The only course in District 1 that, that would have a, an option of selling any parcel at all would be Rose Park, and to me that would be a huge detriment to the residents of District 1. Uh, it's been in the, in the neighborhood. People love it. Even though people don't golf, they know that they can go and golf if they want to. They can take their kids, their grandkids to a wonderful facility that the city provides. It's a great uh, amenity for us in District 1, and, and to think about that we would sell any of it or portion any of it off to, to uh, change the course or alter it at all is, is a pretty sad deal for the residents in District 1.
0: Hmm. Uh, Councilman LaMolfo, I mean, wh- what are your thoughts about closures or parceling off parts that are unused? I think the report referred to the average golf course size in in the U.S. is like 135 acres. Uh, we have courses like Bonneville, which are at 180. So they say, you know, there may be some extra property there. What do you think? Is it worth, uh, you know, getting some revenue that way?
2: Uh, once the so once we sell them off, they're gone for good. So uh, we really got to take a deep breath before we start selling off the land. Um,
0: you what know, about but, closures, though?
2: You know, closures. Uh, it's not clear entirely what we would do with the with a closed golf course. Whether it would be used for some other purpose, and who would if it's used for some other purpose, who would pay to maintain it? it doesn't just we wouldn't want it to just go to weeds. Um, so I, I really think there's a nuanced approach there. The notion of raise, selling off some of the land to raise capital to keep uh, to keep the courses um, in operation, I think, you know, maybe selling off a piece of it is an idea that we're we're not opposed to outright, but it really needs to make business sense because um, you know if it's if, even if the improvement lasts 50 years, uh, when we get to the end of the 50 years, we are out that we're gone, the land is gone and the 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 capital improvement is gone too. Um, So I I don't know, we really want to take a long view on this and whether the sport of golf is taking a temporary dip um, later to recover or whether the sport of golf really is on a perpetual downward slope it's unknown, and I I really hate to see us bound up and by some decisions that that are going to last a really long
0: time. Rick Graham, as the mayor weighed in on this issue, uh, I'll just read you a a tweet from Claymore Jenkins. Don't close uh, Jordan River Par 3. It's the only course where I can get on the green in less than five. Uh, So I, I mean people in the neighborhood maybe, like this person, want facilities to stay open. Is the mayor thinking about the closure issue at all?
3: I think this this is the big challenge. Every golf course has has its own clientele and uh, even though I think we can prove on on vision and identity and branding of golf courses, right now there people love uh, certain golf courses so we're going to have many who say don't do this and don't do that. That's, th- that's the big challenge. In terms of the administration's point of view um, we have options a- ahead of us and, and, the, and the, the options include closures. They include uh, perhaps selling. I should also indicate that uh, selling isn't the only option we could lease land it still ties it up and and puts it under, uh, under a different type of of ownership and use but th- these are many options but uh, the administration we want to look at all options we have a big challenge and the challenge is is that we have an operation that is continually uh, without an about face is, is going further and further in the hole and we have 22 million dollars of capital improvements that need to be made uh, for On on all eight of our golf courses, and these aren't capital improvements that we, that would just be nice and uh, to say, well, let's build a new golf course. These are capital improvements that we need just to keep the golf course in operation and allow us to have the high potential return of value for our operation. So we have a very large dollar challenge, and we have very few options. Uh, clear options uh, for generating the revenue to do it. That inter- introduces these ideas of what do you do with your existing assets. They're very tough decisions and, and, uh, and, and the administration, of the golf fund, is, is willing to look at those uh, options, do the best thing for the golf fund, do the best thing for our open space and our green space policies and practices but it's going to take a, a, a lot of hard decisions and some very, very tough decisions.
2: If I could just chime in here, Jennifer, um, I, I you know I don't really believe that the golf system will be saved by by cutting and cutting and cutting. Really, what's going to save golf the golf enterprise is new golfers and it's being responsive to changing market conditions. And the goal here is to bring people back into the sport, I think. And being responsive means uh, means. T- trying to tap into a new market uh, around the notion of express golf, that you could play golf uh, and get it around, get, a, get nine holes in in less than two hours, that you could uh, use different parts of the course not to sell them off but use it for a mini-golf enterprise or use it for an expanded driving range that's a high-service, high-touch driving range. Um, it's trying to bring back the fun of golf to people who maybe are – Currently, they only they they are fewer. They play less frequently, or you know, it's bringing in new players and introducing them to the sport um, through a different a, through a different way.
0: Mm. Uh, here's a text from Salt Lake City. Keep them open and public. They play an important role in the city's parks and rec program. If it weren't for inexpensive options in my neighborhood I never would have learned to play. So there's a sentiment that you know if, if it's not close, if it's not convenient, if it's not cheap uh, you know players aren't going to go there. They're, and here's the, the sad reality though. There are other options. There are 28 golf courses here in the Salt Lake Valley alone, so the competition's pretty fierce. And um, Councilman Rogers, as you as you start to look at the big picture, um, those questions must weigh on you heavily.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think that there is any other city around the the nation that competes with other cities surrounding it. I mean, we've got North Salt Lake, we've got Bountiful, we have West Valley, uh, we have uh, you know even South Salt uh, Salt Lake County and South Salt Lake. So to have all of these other cities that surround the capital city uh, kind of cannibalizing our golf industry, it's it's taken a, a, a toll on it and you can see it from the past four to five years where, where the golf has decreased. I think that we also need to, Kyle touched on it, you know, talking about how we need to branch out and get more programs going so that we have younger golfers going. Uh, I think specifically in District One, we have got five or six schools where we could do some sort of program for after-hour schools. You know, we talked about uh, Youth City Services, and I think that would be a great way to look at for summer programs and and fall and spring to to get more golfers out there. Uh, I think that also we need to figure out how we can cut costs. I think when you look at when when you're short on money, you can't just continually spend, spend, spend. You've got to figure out ways that you can cut costs but still provide that product at a great rate.
0: Hmm. Uh, The report not only recommends uh, looking at efficiencies but also perhaps raising some fees. And and the green fees, uh, the consultants uh, recommend adjusting the fees uh, across the board. So um, raising some fees at some of the courses and uh, correspondingly lowering some of the fees to, to bring in new business. I mean, how do you think consumers would take that? How would your constituents feel about a fee adjustment? Councilman Rogers?
1: You know, I think fee adjustments have to be done across the board. I think a lot of people go to Bonneville or they go to Mapledale because it's a harder course. So I would love to see... Uh, some sort of price structure online where people can say hey you know what Bonneville's got a 45 minute wait Rose Park doesn't have a wait at all and I can get on for you know a, a lesser amount because nobody's golfing I think that we could look at approaches like that to maximize our golf industry and do something outside the box that other cities and and the counties aren't doing uh, and, and and incentivize that way by, by doing a price structure through through occupancy.
0: Hmm. Right. Councilman LaMalfa La what do you think?
1: Yeah, that was one of the major recommendations of
2: the report, that the premium golf courses, the golf courses that are in the highest demand, uh, they charge a little bit more, and the golf courses that are in lesser demand, they charge a little bit less, and separating the pricing from, uh, right now, it's an equal price across for any round of golf, and and this would would, uh, would create a premium price for premium courses, and a, a bargain price for, for the regular courses.
0: Rick Graham, the the report also recommends naming rights or you know entering strategic partnerships with say the University of Utah which recently got rid of its own golf course. Um, Are those ideas that the city has explored before um, or are these new on the table that you think could fly? Uh, The
3: the idea of partnership certainly is not new on the table and even the uh, National Golf Foundation report included a discussion and suggestion that perhaps a University of Utah partnership may be a a very realistic and uh, opportunity for us. It's something that we have looked looked at in the past and, and have considered. Uh, we have had discussions. there's certainly interest. Uh, we have certainly not taken it to a, the discussions to a point uh, that we can say that we have any sort of deal whatsoever. But the idea of partnerships, and not only the University of Utah, but other private partnerships, partnership that might be, do- might be willing to do an investment in a clubhouse and create a club space and clubhouse space uh, and also catering space and things like that, uh, using private dollars as partners. There's all sorts of opportunities there. Uh, partnerships on uh, naming uh, even holes and other, uh, other golf courses naming rights certainly are realistic uh, and appropriate things that we need to look at. We, we shouldn't get caught up in the fact that you know this is all about closing and selling uh, golf courses. There are a, a whole list of other options that we have to do uh, in conjunction with that to solve this problem.
0: The fact remains though, and, and you said it, it's $22 million at a minimum just to get our, our golf courses up to snuff. Is there the political will to do that? And I guess on behalf of Mayor Becker, what do you say, Rick?
3: I, I say that there is the political will to really get in now and tackle this problem. Uh, it is a big problem. Uh, we are pleased that we are at to this point and have the, the Golf uh, Foundation report done now. And and now we can use that in conjunction with the other reporting and studying and suggestions that have have been considered uh, by uh, past administrations and by past councils. But we're now to a point of having a very clear and a definitive list of options. Now the very tough decision-making comes uh, uh, in front of us of what to do, because uh, it really is a solution that we have to have some available cash uh, to take care of the challenge that we face and and we can't do it just by cutting we just can't cut here and we can cut there certainly there are options t- on opportunities to do that but to tackle a 22 uh, million dollar uh, capital requirement and just to stay up with operations uh, costs of water and other things is going to take a very uh, uh, is going to be a difficult challenge and it's going to have to come with uh, the investment of money where we get that money is the big challenge and I, and I believe both the administration and the council really are together at this point of saying, okay, let's sit down and and, uh, and we have the information. Let's get into the discussion and really work on this. I, I feel that we have that uh, understanding going on and that partnership going on.
0: Councilman Rogers, is it a priority for you to figure out this golf question?
1: I think it should be a priority for everybody in the city to make sure that we are a solvent uh, fund for the, for the golf fund. Uh, I think that... You know, there's a lot of things that have been discussed in the report. There's even talk about privatizing uh, the golf courses and letting an outside uh, company come in and, and manage them to see if that they might be able to do a better job. I think that's on the table, and we can look at that as well. We don't, you know, there, obviously, Rick says, we can't just cut, cut, cut. But uh, if we look at every option, and, and maybe somebody outside of the city government has a better idea how, of how to run the golf courses, which is why I think privatization of golf courses should be looked at as well.
0: And Councilman Lamalfa, Is it, is it your the, priority? Uh,
2: the, the challenges facing the golf courses are pretty significant. Um, I, the golf courses aren't, aren't going to stop running there, or even next year if we don't come to a consensus on this. Um, but nevertheless, this, this is a problem that needs to be solved and I, I think there is the political will to work through it. We're not at a crisis uh, in my opinion, uh, but we do have momentum and we want to get them through and solve as many problems as we can.
0: So if you were to pick three things out of the report that you would want to do first, Councilman LaMalfa, what would they be?
2: Um, so the changing the rate structure across, different, uh, across the different golf courses. I, I don't know that the, the, the recommendations in the report are the best ones, but changing the rate structure is a good way to generate some new revenue. Um, but I really am attracted to the idea of these ancillary business businesses around the golf course, sprucing up our driving ranges, making them more attractive, and adding mini golf courses to certain places. That sounds like a lot of fun, and it's something that people could get into.
0: And uh, Councilman Rogers?
1: Uh, water for sure I think that when you're paying 1.3 million dollars a year that's a enormous cost to the to the uh, fund Uh, secondly I think restructuring price for the golf courses is is a huge deal I would love to see it online so those avid golfers can get online and say you know what Rose Park is busy Glendale isn't I can get on for X amount of dollars I think that makes a lot of sense and that I think partnerships. I think the University of Utah, uh, among others, I think that makes a lot of sense for us to partner with them and strategically partner with them, not just say, you know what, you get to pick and choose where you're going to you're going to be partnering with us, but this is what we would like to do. We'd like to have you invest some money in with it, and then we can give you naming rights, call it the PAC-12 course, or you know, have the have the U of U build a clubhouse and, and turn it into a training facility where they have all options on the table.
0: Uh, Rick Graham, what about you?
1: Uh,
3: n- number one objective would be uh, water and converting uh, golf courses uh, to secondary water. That will require a capital investment to do that. Uh, but it will also put us in a different pricing value. We would not be operating on culinary water. Uh, we, we have uh, some studying in the place and an opportunity to uh, convert uh, at least two of our golf courses to secondary water and to help wean us off that culinary rate. Number one uh, is water and also Irrigation systems. We have operation problems. Uh, we are at a critical point uh, operationally. Uh, the Gulf Fund will be running at a deficit this year, and and if we don't change some operational uh, methods, uh, and one of those is taking a old antiquated system irrigation system like Bonneville golf course that cost us a lot of money just to keep that system patched together we're going to continue to be uh, bleeding operationally so though that that would be the first thing uh, uh, second thing is 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 making investments uh, into the golf course that will provide us with the highest uh, return on that investment uh, making investments that will a- actually help us generate uh, more revenue that might be in in getting new and different types of players might be changing the style and character of a course but investments that would uh, would uh, uh, give us the opportunity of immediate uh, return of investment to help us uh, with that revenue line and mm-hmm. third and third would be uh, just uh, a continual uh, uh, looking at uh, other capital uh, capital, Uh, Needs that uh, help the uh, operation.
0: Uh, Well, give me uh, just to wrap this up. Give me the process at this point. Uh, City Council soliciting public comment. What happens next, Rick? Uh,
3: What What happens next is uh, we we are we are very interested, uh, both on the administrative side and the council side, to get public uh, input on this. Uh, Open City Hall uh, now has a question and invites comments uh, uh, for uh, viewers. to uh, comment on the results of the NGF report and just any other feelings about uh, city golf course operation uh, we are scheduled to meet uh, with the council again in the latter part of April to continue the discussion of where we left it off last week and that will be our I think our first big opportunity to really talk about uh, what is ahead of us what options and and the best course of action to take so, so that's the next big process step is is to get both the administration, golf fund folks, and the council together to really start tackling the issue.
0: I hear Councilman Lamalfa say it's not urgent quite yet. Do you think this should be on a fast track, Councilman Rogers?
1: Uh, I think whenever you have deferred maintenance to the total of $22 million, it is, a, it is imperative that we figure out the problem and solve it as soon as possible. Uh, I, I understand. I just had a, a text from a constituent wondering, Rick, if the Jordan River Par 3 will be open this year.
3: The, excuse me. The Jordan River Par Three is scheduled to be opened. Uh, uh, that will be one of the topics that we would like to introduce uh, and discuss with the council later on this month. Is really what to, what to do with that? That is a golf course operation that that is uh, driving the golf fund uh, in, in a negative way. Uh, it, other golf courses have to subsidize the Par Three. Uh, but right now, uh, as it sits right when we're talking here today, that course is, is due to open uh, in the early part of April, which is actually today. So it'll be uh, in the next week or so.
1: April Fool's, right? April Fool's.
0: <laughs> April <laughs> A very interesting part of the budget process. I want to thank uh, Rick Graham from Salt Lake City, also with us, uh, City Councilman Kyle LaMalfa and James Rogers. Thanks very much, gentlemen, for the time. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And, and
0: you can Thank find you, uh, Christopher Smart's Adept Reporting on City Hall at SLTrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning into Trib Talk today. We'll see you next time.